0: Yesterday, if you missed, I uh, showed you the absurd um, stuff coming out of CNN where Bernie Sanders has a bad poll in Iowa, even though he is recent polls leading in New Hampshire, Nevada, Colorado, tied for the lead in California, has a bad poll in Iowa. Iowa. Is it time for Bernie Sanders to drop out, CNN says? And you're going to start hearing this more and more and more from the corporate media establishment. I don't hear them saying is it time for Kamala Harris at five, percent five, to drop out? America, America's mayor, Pete Buttigieg, is it time for him to drop out? Is it time for Andrew Yang, three percent to drop out? Is it time, maybe, I don't know, Michael Bennett, John Delaney, who else am I forgetting? Uh, is it time for some of those people, Cory Booker, time for them to drop out? I don't know. Maybe they should be able to run their campaign. But Bernie Sanders, most donations of any candidate, individual donors in history, drop out. Drop out, drop out. Everybody else, well, they should give give them some time, you know, show support. Okay, so we, we established that yesterday. Go check out that video. Now, I said yesterday that to me, even though progressives want him to go after Elizabeth Warren, I don't think the time... I don't think it's time for Bernie Sanders to go after Elizabeth Warren. Let other people go after Elizabeth Warren. I think Biden is going to start going after her. I think you might see Pete Buttigieg start going after her. I think Kamala definitely has to start going after her because Elizabeth Warren is taking the most voters from Kamala Harris. So let them go after Warren. And there's plenty to go after Warren on, which I've talked about at length. And I wanted to see Bernie Sanders aggressively go after Joe Biden. Well, I don't want to, you know, be presumptuous but I'm wondering if somebody from Bernie's campaign was watching me yesterday on the Sunday Marathon. You know, uh, Joe Biden has obviously been putting out this fakakta, as my dearly departed grandma, Um, as my dearly departed grandma used to say, this fakakta nonsense about Medicare for all, that it's gonna raise your taxes, and people are gonna lose their insurance, and you know, all this nonsense. And it's really kind of reminded me of Ronald Reagan's nonsense, and absurdity and propaganda and fear mongering in the 1960s about, oh my God, shining city on a hill. If we have socialized medicine, there will be no freedom. We will wake up to an Armageddon of epic proportions, Ronald Reagan used to say. Uh, And then Jen sent me uh, this story before I went live where Joe Biden is now just essentially enlisting polling firms on how best to knowingly, again, knowingly lie about Medicare for all. It would be one thing if you just had different you know, disagreements. You're more of an incrementalist. You, you, you don't think people should get health care uh, as a right. That's one thing. It's another thing to know you're lying. Go reach out to a polling firm to basically polish up your lies. Here's the thing. Joe Biden is now essentially, I think, Worse than Ronald Reagan in terms of the fear-mongering about Medicare for all. But first, let me remind you, this is what Ronald Reagan said about the, the, just, the devastation, the Armageddon, the, the Chernobyl coming to America if Medicare, original Medicare, passed.
1: Government economy and fiscal responsibility, that you know that governments don't tax to get the money they need. Governments will always find a need for the money they get. And that you demand... The continuation of our traditional free enterprise system. You and I can do this. The only way we can do it is by writing to our congressman even if we believe that he's on our side to begin with. Write to strengthen his hand. Give him the ability to stand before his colleagues in Congress and say, I have heard from my constituents and this is what they want. Write those letters now. Call your friends and tell them to write them. If you don't, this program, I promise you, will pass just as surely as the Sun will come up tomorrow. And behind it will come other federal programs that will invade every area of freedom as we have known it in this country. Until, one day, as Norman Thomas said, we will awake to find that we have socialism. And if you don't do this, and if I don't do it, one of these days, you and I are going to spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.
0: Sorry about that. I was going for my claw. (gasps) Oh my God, remember that time when when Armageddon was coming? Socialized medicine, oh my God, Chernobyl, Armageddon. That was Ronald Reagan from the 1960s, if you remember. Well, you know, Joe Biden taking a page, he's taking a page at a good old Ronald Reagan's book. Because if you listen to Joe Biden, if you listen to Joe Biden, I mean, it, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. He says, oh, $3 trillion. He says, he says, 150 million people will have their wonderful, altruistic, generous, employer-based health care taken away. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what Joe Biden is saying. So, we know Joe Biden has been lying. We know that. So now Joe Biden is going around trying to find uh, ways to better lie about Medicare for all because this is all he has. Joe Biden is basically taking the playbook of Republicans: scare the living hell out of old people, uh, and you know, hope that they come out and force to vote for you against that boogeyman, Bernie Sanders. Uh, a firm linked to Joe Biden tested messages. To undercut support for Medicare for all among Democrats, here's what it found to be effective and ineffective at persuading 2020 primary voters. Uh, while I wait for the actual article, I could pretty much just give you the what what was said in the article. Joe Biden, his main pollster, is essentially Joe Biden's main pollster is essentially testing which messages will work against Medicare for all, and when they just ask without twisting it when they surveyed and polled different people to say, what do you think of Medicare for all? 70% of the people they, po- they survey are for Medicare for all. Then it goes down when they start tossing in this bad language about what, you know, would you be okay with having your healthcare taken away? So those key words, taken away, support goes down. Those key words, uh, you know, adding to the debt, uh, you know, placing a huge uh, middle class tax increase. Then it goes down. No wonder, because most people just read what the polls say and think, oh, well, that's probably what, happen- what would happen, because that's what they're saying. Right? So you basically have Joe Biden trying his best to lie. Trying his best to muddy the waters because he knows the number one issue, judging by uh, the, mid- the midterm election exit polls, is health care. So if you have a growingly popular program, the only way you're going to defeat it is to lie out of your f-ing teeth. Excuse my French. Demonetize. So this is very nefarious. And now you have Bernie Sanders fighting back. And I love it. This is what I told him to do yesterday. Bernie Sanders tweets this out. It's unfortunate, but not surprising that Biden's polling firm is helping distort Medicare for all. The truth Medicare for all means no premiums, co-payments, or deductibles. It means everyone except the very wealthy would be paying far less than they far less than they do now for health care. His campaign also emailed emailed out a statement. Senator Bernie Sanders on Monday released the following statement, quote, it's unfortunate, but not surprising that Vi- Vice President Biden's polling firm is helping to distort what Medicare for all is about. My Medicare for All legislation eliminates all premiums, co-payments, deductibles, and out-of-pocket expenses that crush millions of Americans, which not only saves people money, it will allow all Americans to go to any doctor or hospital they want, with no one expending more than $200 a year for prescription drugs. Let me be clear. Under my proposal, no one earning less than $29,000 will pay any new taxes. And for everybody else, except the very wealthy, what they will be paying in taxes will be far less than what they are currently paying for premiums, co-pays, deductibles, prescription drugs, and other healthcare expenses. Finally, Medicare for All will be a great deal for the American people. I love it. I love it. And I would like, I would like to see Bernie Sanders hit the, t- hit the television waves and make this message even more. Okay, I got the, uh, I got the story for you now. And by the way, I left out the fact, this poll that Joe Biden is putting out there is commissioned by none other than the Wall Street puppet organization, Third Way, who suddenly is warming up to one Elizabeth Warren. Isn't that interesting? A new poll by a firm link to Joe Biden is testing messages designed to undercut support among Democrats for Medicare for All. The survey commissioned by the centrist, that's nonsense, they're Republicans, Uh, Centrist Democratic think tank, Third Way, found that primary voters start off favoring the government-run healthcare system by a margin of 70% to 21%, but they can be persuaded to oppose it, i.e., if you lie to them about it. The study showed that Democrats are most swayed by the arguments that the program would impose a heavy cost on taxpayers and threaten Medicare for senior citizens. The poll was conducted by Lisa Grove of Anzalone Grove Research. Her partner, John Anzalone, is the chief pollster and an advisor to to Biden. Again, I have said this before. Some of you might uh, might not like it, and, and just to be clear, uh, I'm not I am not calling for Bernie Sanders to do to borrow from Carl Rove uh, politically. I'm just saying borrow for one short segment or one video, okay? Bernie, we need a whiteboard. We need a whiteboard. And on the left side, why don't you put, I don't know, $15,000 a year, okay? Which, on average, uh, families are paying in somewhere between $15,000 and $25,000 a year, depending on how large your family is for health care, okay? So that's that's bucket A. That's, that's just $20,000 a year. Bucket B... Let's put it at $12,000 a year. I'm just making these numbers up. But fifteen to $25,000 a year is an estimate of how much families pay per year in healthcare costs. Then you have what Bernie's talking about, which I would say would be about, depending on the family, seven dollars to $12,000 a year. You take this bucket away, and I, she should write this down on a whiteboard, you take that bucket away and you're left with a tax cut, not a tax increase. This is a tax, it's just under a new name. Premiums, co-pays, deductibles, co-insurance. Put it away, get rid of it, and then all you have left is a modest increase in taxes, but your overall savings, you—it it is a tax cut. This is not complicated to explain. I happen to be a visual person, I know a lot of other people are visual, so I think Bernie Sanders' campaign should get more visual on the difference and the fact that this is an overall tax saving. I think by default, if Biden, uh, if Bernie goes after Biden on this issue, Bernie is going to shine because he, had his, he is at his best when he's fighting the issue of healthcare. And secondly, this is the issue that matters most to the voters. In most polls, healthcare even comes before the economy. So this is what you're leading on. Now, you need to do it beyond a tweet, Beyond a statement, I want to hear this in rallies. I want Bernie Sanders to go out and do a press conference specifically to rebut Joe Biden, because Biden doesn't have the facts on his side. That's why he's trying to get a, a, third, a third way, uh, Wall Street funded firm who pretends to be um, progressive, who is openly hates Bernie Sanders. They said they would rather Lucifer as president than Bernie Sanders. I'm just making that up, but essentially they would rather Lucifer as president. Why aren't you going after Biden for third way? And you need to be going after him much more aggressively than a tweet. And then this, we want to see you fight, not just your supporters, but those voters that are making less than $50,000 a year, those voters that only have a high school degree that right now, for whatever ridiculous reason, are supporting Joe Biden, call it being misinformed and uninformed, They need to see the fact that the person they're supporting right now is lying to them. And I think Bernie Sanders is uniquely well-equipped to make that case. So I'd like him to drill this home time and time after. And also, one thing that I think Bernie Sanders, frankly, I don't know why his campaign hasn't been doing more of this. At every single rally he has, there is 100% amazing, potentially viral Viral making, human beings in the audience. When I say viral making, I mean like videos going viral. Bring up people on that stage if you're Bernie Sanders. Tell them about the hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical debt they have. Tell them about their insurance company denying them for surgery for cancer or whatever it is. These moments, just like the moment where you had a veteran at your rally that got news coverage saying, I'm gonna kill myself, I can't take care of myself, I can't get covered for, I forget what the issue was, my apologies. Uh, a, a serious medical issue that's making him chronically ill to the point he's suicidal. You have those kinds of stories sitting right rally after rally. Maybe Bernie Sanders, he doesn't want to exploit. I, I don't know. I, I don't know uh, what is the reason, but people respond to human beings, people respond to personal stories. So Bernie could keep going up there, you know, giving the same speech. We all know the speech, we all like the speech. Uh, and we all know the issues, and that's great. We support him for policy, but for those voters outside his base, they will respond if they see it's not just Bernie saying this is what happened. This they need to see the human suffering from the healthcare industry, and then they might re- wonder, well, what if this happens to me? Frankly, Bernie Sanders can find stories like this. I mean, can you believe this story? This guy had to have emergency back surgery. Frank Esposito says it started last March with unrelenting back pain. He could barely move, and an MRI showed a big bulge in his spine. A specialist told him to go to the closest hospital immediately. Doctors at the emergency room said he needed surgery. The herniation was so severe it could cut his nerve and render him paralyzed. Surgery was a success, but then the bill started coming over $650,000 in all. His insurance company, you know, Biden says, Americans love their private insurance. Pete Buttigieg, Bernie, why are you making Americans choose between their wonderful, generous, patriotic private insurance and government-run health care? Why, Bernie, why? His insurance company said his back surgery didn't qualify as an emergency and wasn't medically necessary. Quote, what was my choice? Just to be paralyzed for the rest of my life? est esposito a tool and die maker from long island where i'm from then to get these bills that were so overwhelming you can, you say this can't be real i mean i really don't have to pay this how am i going to pay this and you sit there and you start crying because you don't know what you're going to do this guy let's let's get this straight okay and i'm going to find out i'm going to try to get in touch with this guy and uh, hopefully get an interview if he wants to do it you're touring me you're telling me that. You're back, and I, I had two back surgeries in the last year and a half. Not, not as severe as this guy, but pretty bad. I mean, Jen saw me before my first back surgery. I couldn't, I couldn't comfortably stand. I couldn't walk either. So this guy is near paralysis, okay? He's told if you don't get emergency surgery, you're gonna cut your nerve, which means you're paralyzed. And his health insurance company, eh, it's not medical ne- medically necessary. Apparently, the only way to to prove it is after you cut the nerve, after you're paralyzed, then you can get the surgery. This is common in America, and these stories are generally in the back rooms where nobody can see them. This is what for-profit insurance companies do. They're not interested in your health they're not interested in your well-being, they're not interested in your future, and they're not interested whether you live and die. They're interested in pleasing their shareholders, making the end of the quarter projections and end of year projections. That's it. That's all. And Joe Biden knows this. But the problem is he swims in the same exact circle and he eat, he drinks caviar, he eats caviar and swigs champagne at the same exact fundraisers with the Wall Street bankers invested in these degenerates, with the Big pharmaceutical companies doing business with all these degenerates and with pretty much all the same officials, whether it's pharmaceutical industry executives, whether it's hospital executives, they are all in the same swimming pool as Joe Biden. And they're giving him money. Okay, so this is happening all over the place, but Joe Biden says my plan gives Americans choice. My plan is better for the middle class, my plan costs less. Yeah, well your plan leaves out 10 million people. And by the way, I think that's a underestimate of how many people would be left out because that's just how many people literally would not have insurance. That's not mentioning how many people might get insurance like they have on Obamacare now, but would not be able to afford all of the bills they're getting, or afford the deductibles, or, or afford the copays. There's another problem when it comes to um, any plan that's not government-run health insurance. As we've seen with Obamacare, these plans are constantly under the gun of being eliminated. I think Republicans are not going to stop trying to eliminate, uh, call it Biden care if he got into the office, or if Republicans maintain the Senate or maintain either house, wouldn't – work on you know uh, weakening rules, this and that, you think there's not going to be more challenges to specific parts of Obamacare or Biden care that could go to the Supreme Court. When you have government run health care, that takes it off the table. Nobody is touching Medicare because it's been ingrained in our system and the people will not stand for it. Just like that's why they're fighting against Medicare for all so hard, just like nobody would touch Medicare for all when it's in the system and the culture and society for a certain amount of time. That's why you need a government run health care plan. So I don't know what Joe Biden's talking about. He's putting, you know, let me poll people and ask them, is 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 a thousand dollar cap affordable for you for a deductible? Joe Biden says, oh, you, you would only have a thousand dollar cap max deductible. Can you afford a thousand dollar deductible right now before you could access your health care? Can you afford that? Can you afford, uh, after you meet that, still maybe having to pay, 40, 50, 75, $100 a Coke for for a doctor's visit? What about the medications? Because it's not capped at $200 under Joe Biden's plan because Joe Biden fundamentally thinks healthcare should be a commodity you have to pay for. And that is barbaric, as Bernie Sanders has been saying for many, many years. And that's why it's kind of amusing to me. I mean, we get emails from all the campaigns. This is an email Joe Biden's campaign is sending out. Biden for president launches campaign blasting Donald Trump's relentless attempts to deny millions of Americans health care. Deny millions of Americans health care? So are you. Sure, Trump is worse. Let's not get it twisted. You're not ensuring health care for all Americans. And even if people get Obamacare or whatever Biden care, most people still cannot afford it. Because Obamacare is fundamentally the, the, one of the hallmark and best um, visualizations of failed public-private partnerships. You know, all these people who are always boosting of economic development, we need to have more public-private partnerships. Well, how's those public-private partnerships working out for you in Flint, in Detroit, in Milwaukee, in Cleveland, in Philadelphia, in Chicago? How's that working out for you, working class? Is the private is, is private is the public sector K I S S I N G with the private sector helping out you? I don't think so. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that Bernie Sanders continues on this path. I'm hoping that he continues going after Biden because it's a winning message. Bernie Sanders is strongest on Medicare for all. And frankly, I think Biden is a very weak candidate. And I also think part of why Elizabeth Warren is rising is because people are starting to get second thoughts on Joe Biden. Part of why Elizabeth Warren is rising is because people are getting second and third thoughts on Kamala Harris. So one poll in Iowa does not mean much to me. Is Elizabeth Warren rising? Yes. We can't put our head in the sand and, you know, pretend it's not happening. But I think that if Bernie keeps going after Biden, a lot of those Biden voters are That would be open to Bernie Sanders before Elizabeth Warren. So let's see if he does it. Bernie oftentimes is aggressive, goes after um, somebody like Biden, and then kind of pulls back and goes back to doing the same thing he's been doing. I say have an aggressive campaign against Biden. Thank you very much. I'm tired. I'm tired of the nonsense and I'm not saying this as a Bernie Sanders supporter because I would be the first one to criticize high profile Bernie's or any Bernie Sanders supporters, you know, actually harassing um, supporters of other candidates. Hillary Clinton's campaign, their reflex was those Bernie bros, they're harassing us online. There was never that, never real evidence of that. It was more so that Bernie Sanders Supporters were avid on social media, and they didn't stand for bull****, so if Hillary Clinton's supporters and pundits and journalists would put out stuff that are wrong, lying, lacking context, unfair, they would respond. I mean, for better or worse, that's what Twitter is. But you keep seeing from the same exact people in establishment corners this ridiculous notion that... Bernie Sanders supporters almost equated with Donald Trump supporters as harassing people, harassing African-Americans on Twitter, harassing trans people on Twitter, to the point where the Bernie campaign, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't, because even if it's nonsense, you can't be viewed, you can't be um, seen to be condoning that. So people in Bernie's campaign, including Nina Turner and others, came out saying we don't stand for any harassment, which I agree with if there's actual harassment. But the more times we see this, and it's the same exact playbook, it's people that condemn Bernie Sanders in very weird ways, whether it be African-Americans condemning him. We know about Zerlina Maxwell, who is an African-American pundit. I think she's with Sirius Radio. She goes on TV and keeps putting out these ridiculous things that are not true about Bernie Sanders. I remember uh, for his first rally uh, in Brooklyn, this this go around, uh, his first kickoff rally, she said he didn't talk about civil justice or criminal justice reform for like 23 minutes. He spoke about it within seven, I think it was. And it was just like people were just like clearly pointing that out. Then she goes on TV uh, on MSNBC says... Bernie Sanders, there's no like specifics. Elizabeth Warren has all the specifics. This was on the same week that Bernie like came out with a criminal justice plan, a labor plan to double union memberships, a climate change plan. I mean, it's just people keep putting this stuff out there. So I always think, and again, I'm a white dude, so if, you know, I, I think I'm being honest and I think I'm being respectful. But sh- 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 should 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 African Americans or transgender people or whoever, even Native Americans? Should they just, like, be able to say whatever they want and people can't respond on the merits? I'm not talking about attacking them for being black or native or trans. All that stuff is totally ridiculous and totally disgusting. I wouldn't condone that, and nobody does. But if, if, if an African-American says something that's not true about a candidate you like, you're not allowed to say anything back? I mean, that's basically what the corporate neoliberal establishment's playbook has been. And it's essentially propaganda to make it seem like Bernie Sanders supporters are basically, I don't know, racist or homophobic or anything other. And and we could disagree on policy. And you could be an older person who thinks, oh, these young people, you know, they just don't understand how the world works. Yeah, you want to think that? That's fine. I mean, you're wrong. But we have to agree, we have to be able to respond to uh, political people putting out credible responses so uh, this Angelica Ross who I believe um, Jen correct me if I'm wrong owns a tech company that helps transgender people which I think is great or a tech company that kind of caters to um, transgender people she put out something um, questioning Bernie Sanders absence at an LGBTQ event uh, because Bernie cited scheduling conflicts via, via a spork, spokesperson. Tell you the truth, I agree. I think Bernie Sanders should have been there. Um, I, don't, I don't question his support for LGBTQ matters, but I think, you know, yeah, you have scheduling conflicts, but you just got to make the right, right decision on what the priorities are, and I think he should have been there. Just like, I think, oh, she's an actress and she's trans. Thank you, Jen. See, I'm not totally uh, in the know with the culture. Thank you, Jen. She's an actress and she's trans. So she's questioning Bernie Sanders' commitment. I don't know if Angela Ross, it, you know, I'm not attacking her, but obviously she, she hasn't looked at the record that well. So if you're watching Angela, here's some of the record. The gentlewoman from Colorado is
1: recognized. <laughs> sorry,
0: and the, 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 the gentleman I'm from Vermont is recognized. The gentleman from Vermont. Vermont. Purpose, California,
2: is he still here or did he disappear? For what purpose does the gentleman from Vermont rise? rise to speak in support of the amendment. The gentleman from Vermont. I wonder if re- I could gen- question the gentleman. The gentleman. I am rising in support of the, the, the gentleman. Amendment. The gentleman. The chair is in charge. The chair is speaking. The gentleman from Vermont has been recognized for a period of five minutes, and you may now proceed. I thank the chairman very much, and would like the opportunity, if the gentleman from California would respond, just to ask him a brief question, if I might. Now my ears may have playing been playing a trick on me but i thought i heard the gentleman a moment ago say something quote unquote about homos in the military was i right in hearing that expression absolutely putting homosexuals in the military you said something about homos in the military was the gentleman referring to the many thousands and thousands of gay people who have put their lives on the line in countless wars defending this country, I'm talking, was that the group of people that the gentleman was referring to? I'm talking about the military people in the military do not support That's the not what we were talking about. You use the word homos in the military. You have insulted thousands of men and women who have put their lives on the line. I'm talking about I you and liberals, liberals like and you that keep the foreign
0: defense. Gentlemen, I would, gentlemen. Reclaiming my time. Talk about a lack of commitment to LGBTQ issues. Not to mention, as Burlington's mayor uh, in the 1980s, he was one of the first, uh, other than San Francisco, to have LGBTQ parades for Pride. So I don't, you know, again, she might just not know any of this. You know, she's an actress, uh, and that's fine. She's not a, a political person or a journalist, so I'm sure they don't know these things. But to make these comments, like, should because she's transgender, should she, should she not... Should no one be able to respond to her? Is that what we're saying? So this out article from Out says, Angel Angelica Ross leaves Twitter after abuse by Trump-Sanders supporters. So again, it's trying to equate Bernie Sanders supporters, and by extension Bernie Sanders, with Donald Trump. And they've been doing this for a while. So I just read to you what prompted this. She said Bernie should have been at this LGBTQ event. Um, So, Ross called Sanders' absence from the forum a huge misstep. I was disappointed not to see all the candidates here. I was further disappointed to hear this was not the only LGBTQ event Bernie was making other commitments for. You don't show up for both of the LGBTQ events, that's obviously telling us all we need to know. The comments brought some backlash from Bernie's supporters. So, this is the backlash that this article put out. This is the, quote, harassment this from somebody so you're insinuating Bernie does not care about the LGBT community if so then you're using your platform to spread misinformation about a man who has always been on the side of the LGBTQ community you don't have to like him but don't play loose with the truth I don't know I'm, I'm not a, a big wig at Twitter I, I don't see the harassment in that tweet I, I just don't to you? Uh, Another one. To question Bernie Sanders' stance on LGBTQ rights is the most ridiculous thing ever and shows you're biased against him. He's been an ally before it was cool and socially acceptable while every other candidate just hopped on the equality train. Warren was a Republican not too long ago. I don't think the the Warren was Republican thing is really relevant but the point is I mean, this is not harassment. This is a transgender person making a mis an uninformed statement and getting called to test for it. Too bad. I mean, the third one they point out, and honestly, if there was harassment, it shouldn't have been difficult to find and put it in your story. But the examples the Out Magazine used are not harassment. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not calling any Democratic candidate homophobic. I just don't like Angela, Angelica Ross assumed Bernie to be homophobic by charging him with his, this minor offense. By her definition, a lot of candidates are transphobic, including the one she praises. So I'm not like particularly this is not an isolated incident. So I'm not just like it's not about Angelica Ross because this is a pattern. The corporate Democratic establishment and these identity politics people, they don't they either don't know Bernie's record or they don't care. And I remember when I, was, I covered Hillary Clinton the night of the New York primary um, in 2016. Honestly, I don't mean this in a defensive way. I just have to be honest. I could not believe how many gay people were at Hillary Clinton's rally. I mean, uh, you know, they, obviously gay people care about many issues, just like black people don't only care about black issues, and Latinos don't only care about Latino issues. But this is someone who came to support gay marriage, like five minutes before it became law, right? So it's it's the same, same thing here. Like, you know, uh, this transgender people or gay people don't need to support Bernie. You could be a transgender person who's more establishment. You could be a gay person that's, you know, just for whatever reason doesn't support Medicare for all. That's fine. But to put out that you're being harassed because you're putting out statements that simply are not true, it, that... I don't know if it's intentional propaganda, but it's propaganda. Like, there was no harassment in that story. But it takes on a life of its own. So first, the headline is, you know, uh, actor actress leaves Twitter because she's harassed by Bernie Sanders supporters. Then all of a sudden, CNN picks it up because it's something against Bernie. And it's a narrative that keeps getting formed and formed and formed. And then Bernie Sanders' campaign, who has nothing to do with it, and frankly, in my view, should just come out and say... Uh, We haven't seen any comments that are harassing coming from our supporters. But if there are supporters you could point out doing it, we 100% uh, disavow that. Easy peasy. But this is a continued smear campaign on top. You know, it's one smear campaign on top of another smear campaign. It all builds on each other to basically knock this guy out because they can't go after him legitimately on the policies because all of the policies – are very popular. So all I'm saying is, I don't, I'm just tired of hearing from, uh, I don't care if it's a black person, I don't care if it's a transgender person, a brown person, whatever. If you wanna put out, I would've been totally fine if Angelica Ross put out, um, you know, we appreciate Bernie Sanders' strong record on LGBTQ issues over his years in service. Uh, With that said, we're disappointed he uh, did not find a way to make these events. I think that's fine. If they would have acknowledged the record is strong over 30 years in government, I just said we're disappointed that he couldn't come. I think he didn't come. I think the scheduling conflict was a climate event, if I'm, if, if I'm correct. Um, whatever. Campaigns make issues. If I were him, I would have tried to come or, or do a video or something. Um, but when people are putting out falsehoods after falsehoods, you're not really any different than Neera Tanden from the Center of Phony American Progress, right? You're not very different than, you know, David Brock. Um, So I think it's problematic, and I think people need to start calling it out and stop being so afraid to be labeled, um, you know, stop being so afraid to be labeled racist or sexist. No, they don't get a free pass if they're putting out false heads. To me, everybody should be bash, white, black, Brown, Latino, indigenous, glowing in the dark. If you're putting out stuff that's not true, you should be bashed. And by the way, I would say the same exact thing. If, you know, if people were signing offline or leaving Twitter because, like, Elizabeth Warren supporters were harassing them. If I read tweet the same exact tweets in a story from Elizabeth Warren supporters that they put in from Bernie Sanders supporters, I'd be like, uh, I think these Warren supporters should be supporting Bernie. But, like, these are harmless tweets that are not harassing at all. Oh, you know, what would I do without Jen? She, keep, she keeps feeding me the facts because I keep getting them wrong. Sorry. He was, he was at a historically black college. I thought he was at a climate event, but he was at a historically black college. So, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If he goes to the LGBTQ thing, the, then he's not, then he's not um, showing up for the black community. If he, go, if he goes to the black uh, community, then he's not showing up for the LGBT community. Thanks, Jen, for correcting me. And my God, what I would do if I could go speak with this, this little girl. What I would do if I had the money to go speak with this little girl. In America, in addition to killing black people uh, who are unarmed, in addition to just terrorizing communities, uh, the, sick, the police are now arresting six-year-olds. Florida grandmother outraged after a six-year-old black girl was arrested for a tantrum. A Florida grandmother was shocked to find out her six-year-old granddaughter had been arrested Thursday for throwing a tantrum. Marilyn Kirkland said Kaya's journey to the juvenile detention, detention center by Orlando police began at Lucius and Emma Nixon Elementary Charter School. Quote, "What do you mean she was arrested?" he said. "There was an incident and she kicked somebody and she's being charged and she's on her way," Kirkland explained. The disorienting chaos was too much for Kirkland to process. Quote, she has a medical condition that we are working on getting resolved. And he says, quote, what medical condition? She has a sleep disorder, sleep apnea. And he says, quote, well, I have sleep apnea and I don't behave like that. First grader Kaya was handcuffed and carted off where Kirkland says she was fingerprinted and even had a mugshot taken. Quote, they told us we had to wait a few minutes because Kaya was being fingerprinted. And when she said fingerprinted, it hit me like a ton of bricks. No six-year-old child should be able to tell somebody that they had handcuffs on them and they were riding in the back of a police car and taken to a juvenile center to be fingerprinted and mugshot. I don't know anymore, folks. I just don't know anymore. Jen, Jen... is it worth it? Should we just move to Canada? Should we just be should we, should we just move to Canada? I mean, you got Joe Biden trying to deprive people of care. you got fossil fuel companies destroying the planet. You got real estate executives buying off all the politicians. You got Native Americans, their their land being stolen, their gravesites being constructed over. You got people being deprived school lunch or being sued if you have a $20 unpaid school lunch bill. And now you have six-year-olds being handcuffed. Well, I got news for you, okay? I have news for you. My nephew, uh, lovely boy, uh, he'll be five in January, he's a white guy, not a black girl, and he could be a little rowdy, and he has occasionally has some listening issues. He's four and a half. I'm guessing when he goes to kindergarten, first grade, I'm not going to be surprised when my brother gets a phone call that God bless him, I love my nephew, that you know my nephew might have had a little issue in class or might have hit somebody. Again, I'm not hoping for it. I'm you know I'm not saying my nephew is out of control, but he's he's a young boy, right? He's a young boy. I'm not saying it's acceptable to hit somebody, but sometimes young children act out okay? So, I mean, what is next, folks? A girl through a tantrum so you cuff her? Do you understand the psychological damage this poor young girl probably has now? Can you imagine just at six years old what she's going to have to carry with her? I don't don't even want to know what kind of nightmares she might go through. Being in a police car, having your hands restricted, not knowing where you're going, being fingerprinted, not even know what's going on. Where is my mother? Where is my grandmother? Where are you taking me? They could have very much psychologically ruined a whole person's childhood and possibly brought it to them in their adulthood. And you think she's going to have the ability to get the therapy she needs under Joe Biden's healthcare plan? Yeah, we should arrest our, our uh, president. Somebody just made that comment. School to prison pipeline for new blacks start from first grade, Veronica says. I mean, this is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like, what are the police thinking? You know, if, if a six-year-old throws a tantrum or hits somebody, you know what you do? You put them in time out. Well, I'm not a parent, so you do what you want to do, but that's what I would do. You take away their, I don't know, television privileges. You make them apologize to who they hurt. You don't put them behind bars. You don't put them in a police car. And I hope this family sues the Orlando Police Department for every single dime that it has. It's unbelievable.